Welcome to Inside Dance, a podcast that celebrates the Bates Dance Festival dance community. I'm your host, Lindsay LaPointe. This year marks the 40th anniversary of the Bates Dance Festival. People from all over the world came together to celebrate. B.B. Miller was in attendance as a guest teacher with longtime collaborator Angie Hauser. In this episode, you will hear an interview with B.B. Miller that was conducted in 2013 while she was here at the festival restaging her piece, The Hendrix Project, with the students, as well as presenting her work, A History. Hi, I'm B.B. Miller. I'm teaching creative process and repertory. For our modern repertory class, we are uh, reconstructing a section uh, from my piece, The Hendrix Project, which uh, premiered in 1991, before some of the dancers were born. Uh, and so uh, there's a really interesting uh, encounter with uh, my older self, their newer bodies uh, um, and mindsets in particular, and uh, kind of looking uh, you know, these opportunities to, to check into a range of choreographic practice uh, for me from 20-odd years ago and, and in a relationship to now. So um, our process entails pretty much learning very set material that was uh, created collaboratively with a bunch of different dancers in a, in a different dance time, and then... Uh, learning for the students to learn that material as well as the personality of the dancers uh, who, who helped create that has been real interesting. Uh, I think in all of our work we do embed ourselves uh, into the material. So when someone who has a completely different cultural, political, social sense, um, maybe not even as many, as much flowy pant leg, it's a really wonderful um, intersection and kind of a, um, uh, sometimes bumpy, but, but, um, but pretty fun. Right now we're still early in the process of this transference of dance material, personality from one set of dancers to another. So there's still a lot to learn about that, but what's so interesting in, in dance and in, in this really embodied practice is that I can talk dynamically about a particular tension or reach or heart of, uh, of an action and that can translate into the personality of the dancer. So when you're reaching for something, from which kind of reach are you going to do? Is it for a person? Is it for somebody you know, is it something that involves your pelvis in a particular direction? So it's the, the amalgam, I think, of all of this very physical information plus a sense of intention um, that I'm, I'm hoping to, to, uh, to translate from, from one set to another. Uh, as well, there's the opportunity for these new dancers with new skills to pick up on something that, um, that they can do that it didn't occur to me 20 years ago. The Hendrix project was mostly built the old-fashioned way, uh, set material. Now, 
Okay, when we say that, I remember working on this section, the Red House section, and listening to the music and trying this, and you just, you know, maybe it's not step by step by phrase by phrase, or improvising phrase by phrase in order to set it. So um, it was a, uh, a long, well, I think the piece took about four months to make, four or five months, um, and uh, dancers would make their own uh, variations on material, but it was, it was that battering out minute by minute of what's the next thing, feel that, try that again. What's really hard, looking for really hard steps. Uh, and we found some. Um, so uh, it's, nowadays I think I, we're more accustomed to let's improvise for a 20 minute score and then figure out what we like about it. This was the opposite. I'm really enjoying working with the students in the rep class. Uh, they're fabulous dancers. They're really, really good. And they're coming with skills that it took us years to, 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 to build. And so I, I think it's a, a testament to kind of the, the, the development of our art form and what becomes common practice over time. And those big lifts that used to be really hard are now like, yeah, uh, people know how to do that. Um, uh, so the, the, what's hardest, and I think it's so interesting, is that there's a, there's a um, and this may be kind of dance technical language, but you can imagine stepping into, uh, who is who's the guy who first did the, the flip on the, the pole vault? Um, oh, yeah. um, Anyway, the guy who first went over backwards. And now everybody does that. But imagine that figuring out, like, how am I going to take my head instead of my feet over this pole in space? Uh, so uh, if you could go back to his trying that for the first time, I think that there's something akin to dancers learning material from, a from another age. That there's a, they have to be taught in a, T-A-U-T, taught in a different way uh, back, they were taught in a different way back then than they are now. They were responsive to each other in a different way that was new that maybe they, they're not even noticing that they're doing now. So, so this, this um, learning anthropologically uh, as well as physically is, is, is fascinating to me. Um, there's also the question of this, this piece was made for six dancers, and we have 12. So uh, luckily, we have twice as much space. <laughs> so it gives me an opportunity to play choreographically with something I hadn't had before. So um, a way of blowing out material or m having them make, it, make their own variations um, will be really interesting uh, to do. And it's also another way for me to get to know them a, a bit better. I mean, everyone shows up in themselves when they are doing themselves. So mm. looking forward to that. I come from choreography as a professional dancer. I come from uh, hours, hours in the studio of honing a phrase, honing why this action, why not this one. Translate these legs onto these arms. So step by step by step, and I love that kind of detail. 
Um, uh, and sometimes I really miss that entry into um, the choreography uh, of, of action. Um, so then I'll make a choreographed piece. In our piece, A History, we use the phrase, remembering, remembering. And it's very, it's, it's really from Proust. And even though I didn't read Remembrance of Things Past, that, that idea of so much is contained in the gesture, the timing, that you're remembering your situation, uh, uh, you're replacing yourself anew in, in, uh, in a previous part of your life, I think has um, relevance not only to us as choreographers and, um, and dance artists, but just as, as people. We encounter ourselves again and again. I think working with Daryl and Angie over these last 10, 15 years, uh, we've all had an opportunity to encounter ourselves anew at various times. And, and working on this piece specifically to, to kind of place their, place our bodies and me in the room in the studio with them in a physical relationship that seems to evoke an earlier time or, oh, I remember that phrase or I remember that thing that we did. And um, realizing that the memory is not only the physicality, but it was there music playing in the room. Is it, was that that sunny day that was really glorious that, oh, when we had to run out because there was an errand to run. All of that is contained in the re-encounter of, of, of a physical moment. So I think that, that that's, it was really fascinating for us to um, not quite relearn old material, but to allow it to enter or allow ourselves to, to encounter um, a duet moment out of something new. Um, and so that was really the basis of much of that, much of our working process. I think my interest in duet work came the first time I stepped out of my own choreography. And I was watching, and I remember it was a piece called Habit of Attraction in 1987. And I was watching Nikki Castro and Scott Smith kind of figure out a relationship very physically. And I noticed that, um, so much depended on their state of mind, their, their interest, what they might see of in one moment from you know, an arm, a leg, a, 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 a glance. Um, and so building on these things that, that were sometimes happenstance uh, and then trying to figure out the, 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 the vocabulary, the physicality, the intricacies of that. So I think it came from watching watching people a lot. And then first watching on a choreographic level and realizing, of course, we, we're, we're carrying our histories, we're carrying our personalities. There's a, Nikki does a, has a way of encountering, and Scott did, Scott did as well. So, so what is that? Why, does he, why, is his, why is he always behind? What is, that, what is it that her pelvis is doing in relationship to his center of weight? What's that riding difference? Where is her glance against his? So trying to translate a very specific physicality and um, into um, 
choreographic pattern, space, uh, time, the rhythm of encounter has been real interesting. In, in the work, there's, a, uh, there's an interplay between chore choreographed movement and improvised movement. And it's, uh, it's very purposeful and very specific. Often when we talk about improvisation and performance, we think, oh, people can just do whatever they want. Um, most things that we watch are improvised at a certain level. You know, every choreography, anything can happen. It's the live moment that we're really interested in. So uh, I think that we, we were very specific about the, the score, the, uh, the kind of states that we were, we were trying to juxtapose, juxtapose in time, uh, what happens when, and, and in our process, I realized that I was less interested in repeating a particular series of movements than repeating the intention behind those movements. So we gesture out from, from a very real specific place, and, if we can, and it's the tracking of those places that, that holds my interest, and particularly in this work. Um, so this interplay, I, I've, I've always wanted to have improvisation that looks like choreography and choreography that looks like improvisation. So we're, we're kind of like, what is that? Ah, how, how do you set that hand gesture, for instance? Um, tricky. Uh, and you know, as a choreographer, what I'm here for is to figure out something I don't know. And I think that's, just, that's true with Angie, Daryl, and Talvin all together. We're trying to like, oh, okay, so what do we know about movement? And how does it apply to the situation? Um, I want to emphasize that we are dealing not only with uh, the themes of the, of the piece and our, and our history together, but we're making something new. We're interested in a process that we don't understand. When I talk of Angie-ness or story-ness, uh, it's less to do with an unknown quality, but an amalgam of, uh, of many different things. And with Angie in particular, uh, she has a way of, in movement, her focus is shifts slightly from the intention of the movement or then follows it. Or I feel like she's reading the room in a, uh, uh, and seeing the room and there's something that I don't see there. And, and she uh, regards, and be that becomes part of her physical action. So she also has a way of, of combining that kind of, oh, gesture, eyes, focus, with sudden drops in her weight. All of a sudden, she's on the floor, so her, 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 her um, movement path in space is, uh, can be really unexpected and suddenly there's a burst of dynamic. So all of that together feels like this is what Angie does. And it's not, and, and what we're interested, I think both of us, is that given that, then I can direct kind of against that tendency or with that or uh, we can find out new things about that. Um, and trying to find, trying to find uh, words to articulate, and as, as well as actions to articulate uh, these particular states. 
So um, it's, a, it's a really um, intricacy. It's a, a lacing together of lots of things. Uh, when we say storiness, we feel like it's an implied narrative without a really beginning or an end, but um, you get a sense that these people have a history and uh, they're gonna continue to know something about each other once they leave the stage. So, so maybe that anginess too gives us some sense of before and after. Um, the action that you're seeing, she's still present. In terms of my own history with improvisation, uh, I, it was my first form. I danced, I started dancing when I was about four. Uh, Mari Lewis from the Awa Nikolai was, company was my teacher. And uh, we improvised, we did clouds and line and volume, and very abstract. Uh, I kind of left all that behind and re-encountered improvisation in my 20s, and I went, oh yeah, I know that. I love that. Um, and it was uh, uh, easy to, to, to re-enter that. Um, so I think then in working with, with dancers who came into improvisation, maybe through contact improvisation or different other, other, other forms, that there were, there were different skill sets that we all uh, collaborated in and gathered together uh, to further it. But, but um, uh, uh, turning to improvisation as a choreographic device really has been part of these last 10 years in particular, and for very strategic reasons. I, all, of, all of us as, as dancers, the company, we live in different cities and we come together uh, for three weeks at a time and work really intensely and we'd rather not spend the time trying to remember what we had done three months ago. So, so how do we then, you know, um, heighten or sharpen our improvisatory uh, skill set is what we're interested in. in. Thinking about what's forward and, and back and, and, and how history has been both of those directional gazes, um, I'm, I'm interested. I, I realize I'm, I'm kind of really dying to get back in the studio and make some set choreography. Interestingly, with no video, no media, just a room and a floor, uh, going back to that, no story, seeing what emerges out of that, no storiness as of yet. Um, and, uh, and I think it's because of this looking back and, and not only through the history with Angie and Daryl, but looking even further back to uh, earlier rehearsals, earlier performances, um, uh, remembering being in that studio and just trying to figure out which is the next best thing to do. And uh, I want to re-encounter that. Um, I've also, because of working with such really wonderful um, media artists over time, I've, I realize I'm, I'm kind of seeing more photographically or cinematically, so I am leaning toward putting the camera in front of me uh, and seeing what I see 
and framing what I'm what I see in time as well as just the visual. So I think that's on the horizon on some level as well. Cauldron is a kind of a catchphrase for us in our process that really specifically refers to the dancing that Angie and Daryl do together. Uh, and it came, came about when um, in the early stages of making a history and I kind of say like, well, go do what you do. And I'd watch. And um, what, what I was looking for are descriptives of, oh, Angie has this way of being behind Daryl while Daryl's seeing outward. Hands might can't do it. Daryl sees outward, Angie's seeing Daryl. So, oh, that's a, some kind of a trope. Um, uh, there's an other ones where they build slowly and follow each other and be very um, consistent with their dynamic and interchange between each other. Another one. So, but but the cauldron seemed to to be a descriptive of the the space, the 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 creative space that they are building on their own, and the dynamic and energy and witchcraft. <laughs> That, that they are conjuring. Not so much what I am saying, do this. Um, and from that, I think Talvin and I, Talvin uh, Wilkes, our dramaturg, and I on the outside are there observing and watching and then commenting and pushing a bit. But uh, it's really dependent on, on their own integrity. There are choreographers who kind of envision the whole piece, and I'm not one of those. I often wish I was, so that I could make a diagonal or have a diagonal go into a circle and then the line, it's like I can't figure out how to do that. So, um, but what I, I do rely on more and more, and I don't, I don't worry about it so much, is just that uh, my body will speak in time and my eye will catch what they're doing. And I, there are so many seeds of, of um, departure or moving on or, or intrigue that are, are visible or possible that um, I don't worry quite as much as I used to that there's nothing there. Uh, so whether that's inside or outside, I've, I'm totally looking out uh, and I'm really just not in a magical way, I just like, oh, I'm me, okay, this seems right. So, I came to the Bates Festival for the first time in either 1988 or 89, and it was also Laura Forrest's first year, so we started together. Um, we were here every year for four or five years or so, and then every other year, and every third year. So, I feel that I've been kind of a present as a marker for uh, just this growth of this wonderful community. Um, and noting how, f as a faculty, we realized early on that, gosh, we get to get together. And so we get to hang out and kind of talk shop in a place where we had, there was no central community meeting place for, for us. Um, uh, in New York, where we were from. So um, it's been 
wonderful to see the, the growth of an institution, a way of being, Laura's emphasis on community, seeing that uh, created or, or put into practice over time and build on itself. And now students come expecting community, which is great, and maybe not knowing that it was built. Uh, so I, I, I'm happy to be here. The festival director is Shoshona Courier. The director of training programs is Allie James. Sound recording and editing by me, Lindsay LaPointe. For more information about the festival, visit BatesDanceFestival.org.